Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to MAP Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bible's director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Mav Sports Take, episode 29, your weekly podcast for sports business and much more with myself, Ryan Roberts, and Mr. David Turner, 18-year scouting vet both in the NFL, the Arena League, and up north in Canada. Here we tackle business on a whole nother level. We don't talk fluff here. We talk the behind the scenes information that you all need to know. Obviously, we specialize in football, NFL draft to be even more specific. But we have an awesome show for you today. A lot of mailbag questions that we'll be uh, covering today. And we have, like we have been over the last few shows, we have a couple of great interviews. We have Mr. Quentin Miners, who if you checked out the Senior Bowl this year, my man from UW-Whitewater was maybe the most impressive interior offensive lineman, arguably the most impressive offensive lineman in general at the event. A Division three player who did not have a season, did not have a fall. It was pushed to the spring. He made the decision to bet on himself, entered the NFL draft, and then got the opportunity to go down to Mobile. And he absolutely took advantage of everything that he could. He controlled everything that he could control. And of course, we have to end the show at about about at about nine fifteen Eastern time. We got Mr. Eric Legrand speaking as a person who lives in New Jersey. Rutgers football was a struggle for a long time, and then we get the Graciano era with Ray Rice, Brian Leonard, Ken, Brian Leonard, Kenny Britt, a lot of great football players. And then Eric was on the tail end. He was a part of some of those great teams, and he, of course, famously was left paralyzed. And for most people that were in a type of situation that Eric Legrand was in, they would have felt sorry for themselves. They would have stopped. For Eric Legrand, though, became a motivational speaker, which he still does to this day, only the age of 30, and he's doing some outstanding things, has a couple of companies that we want to touch base on, which is going to be a whole lot of fun. And uh, we want to, before we start, we are live here on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube on NFL Draft Bible. And we want to thank you all so much on behalf of NFL Draft Bible and MaverickSportsConsulting.com. We thank you all, the live viewers. If you have any questions at all throughout this process, when we have some of our interviewees on, you want to throw them a question, throw it into the chat. We love the interaction. And of course, this long-winded intro to introduce again, Mr. David Turner. David, how are we today, man? I feel like that was the best intro of all time personally, but that's just, I don't know. (laughs) I loved it. I was sitting here enjoying it. I felt like I was one of our our viewers, our listeners. It's like, ooh, I can listen to this guy all night. Sweet. Right. Yeah, no, I'm doing well. It was great. You know, I was actually on uh, the kids show today. I call them the kids because they're so young. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they'll love that. I'm sure they'll light up the chat room in a minute. But 
uh, it was great being able to get on there and they were doing team building Tuesdays, kind of showed them how to, to build the Eagles up. Your, your, your resident team, uh, and all the troubles and problems they're going to have with the cap rooms and everything. So <laughs> this is, uh, this, it was a fun show today, uh, with Lorenz and, and Jack and, and Alec and stuff. So it was a great, it was a great time. Now I get to spend my evening with you and doing maps. So this is a great day for me. Dude, where would you rather be than spending the, the evening with me? I mean, honestly, we have some great people in the chat already as well that are friends of the show, including Mr. Dan Cassidy, who's a great man. Evening, gents. Evening to you, Dan. Appreciate you stopping in again. Of course, uh, here comes Jack Dispo trying to throw some shade. This is the old man show. This is the well-seasoned, <laughs> very intelligent show. It's like what we, what we like to call it. Where's the flannel? The flannel is nowhere to be found, Dan. We got Alec Polito. Shout out to Alec. Yeah. Hey, Ryan, huge fan. Please rank Alec Polito. Alex Kilstrand, Joe DeLeon, and Zach Gard. I'll get to that at some point. We have some rankings tonight. We're going to get to that. But I want to bring on our first guest, who I had the opportunity to talk to in the summer. And I hit him up this past weekend, or maybe even beforehand. It was like Thursday or Friday of last week. And I was like, Quinn, I know you're busy. I know everyone's probably hounding you for interviews after what you did in Mobile, but would love to have you. And he was so nice to, you know, offer up his time here. Now bringing on Mr. Quentin Miners, Quinn, into the into the stream here. Uh, so again, Quentin is a All-American offense lineman out of UW Whitewater. If you're not well versed in Wisconsin Whitewater, that is one of the powers on the Division Three level. On the, you know, the, they win the national championship almost every single year. That's what they do there. And uh, welcome me in, Quaid, man. Appreciate you again. I know you're busy. I know people are hounding you, but we appreciate you being on Mass Sports Day tonight with us, my man. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you guys. And, and kind of like I said in the, in the text message, hey, you, you reached out to me in the summer. You know, I kind of I kind of carry those things with a little you know specialty, so I wanted to make sure I got back to you. But, yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And we, we definitely appreciate it. And I'll say, Quinn, I mean, David said I have a great eye for talent. So obviously we, we saw something in the summer in, in you and you made me a very profitable man, obviously, with the performance you had down in Mobile. And I kind of wanted to start you, Quinn, if I can, because I know the we talked about this in our first interview, right? We talked about the Division Three season getting pushed into the spring. You obviously made the decision that you were ready for the NFL, ready to chase your dream. So you're ultimately chose to be a part of the 2021 process. So I want to start you about just by laying it out for the folks. Why was this the best decision for you? You could have went and played in the spring and maybe been a part of 2022, but you were adamant that you were ready for this job. Yeah, I think I took a, you know, kind of an educated, you know, as, as much as I could gain as much information as I could, you know, with, you know, figuring out, okay, I'm not having a season. So I kind of came up with the, the plan that I had three options here. And that was, you know, transfer to a bigger school possibly and answer the level of competition question. Um, you know, come back to Whitewater or, hey, let's, I think I've, I think I've done what I can and let's do this thing this year. And that's where I became to the, I came to that decision. You know, I, you know, gained a wealth of information from people I talked to throughout the summer and, and into the fall. And yeah, after talking, you know, just making my own decisions and, and talking with my dad, you know, that's just kind of, that was the, the decision to make, you know, not to be like a, you know, a Debbie Downer or not, but, you know, I, I couldn't guarantee that there was going to be, you know, a whitewater season, you know, the next year, just, you know, the way the pandemic has been going, you know, it wasn't seem like it was going away. Like we all kind of were hoping for. So yeah. that's kind of why that decision happened. And I, and the transfer portal does not seem like a fun thing to, to do. So that was, that was not very, uh, 
an option that I was like entertaining a lot, but it was like, I have to, sure, but I didn't want to. Yeah. No, I it's hear interesting you, man. you don't want to because there's like 1,500 kids that, do, <laughs> that have chosen to take the portal. And that's a subject we've talked about at length here on Mavs. Like, I don't get it. I don't know why going somewhere else is better than being where you're at and being successful where you're at. It's that, like, that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of how my mentality is. Is like, I'll, I've always wanted to go to a school that wanted me in the first place. And I think there's, you got to go through a process of, of climbing through the ranks and doing that thing and just staying at your one school. So yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah, for sure. Now going now, I don't know, Ryan, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know if there has been a half shirt craze that you that's been stirred up like that like Quinn stirred up since Britney Spears did her halftime show, you know, within sync, you know, because all I know is the uh, the the post senior bowl, it was like you had this eruption of these half shirts, like you know, look at me, I'm Quinn from you know WW, so I was just, I was like, this is the best thing ever, like you really started a fashion craze. How does it be? I mean, did you ever see yourself as a fashionista? Uh, no, not, not really at all. I mean, I've been like the, you know, I think I'm just like typical lineman style, you know, like, you know, coming from Wisconsin, you know, I'm wearing shorts and sweatshirt every single day, you know, pretty much throughout the winter. I think it's just a classic big guy thing. Uh, I, it was really interesting to see all those people, um, notice that I had to gut out and have that kind of be like the, a lot of the things that were being talked about, um, at the senior bowl and I've, I've rocked the gut out since high school. So I was just, I was just being myself out there. No, it showed it, and you look so comfortable, but with the belly out. And I was like, "This is awesome." I was like, "Here, I was like, here. This is the old school. This is what I'm used to. Like old school offensive linemen that are just like, like you said, don't tape my fingers, don't worry about it. I'm just gonna throw on a, a t-shirt and a pair of jeans and roll with it. You know, we'll go play mm-hmm. in the dirt lot somewhere. So I loved it. But going down to the Senior Bowl, uh, since we're on that subject, you know, what was one of the biggest takeaways that you? Uh, we're fortunate enough to take away from that event and bring with you so far in this process. And to piggyback on that question, what's the feedback you've been getting from teams that they took away from you on that event? I would say that the biggest thing that I was able to take away, you know, from the senior bowl, there, I mean, there was tons of things I was able to take away, but I'll say the biggest thing was I was able to take confidence, you know, coming out of coming out of that event. You know, there was, there was so much, you know, it was like a year, you know, 13 months, 12 months of work all coming to fruition in one week. And I have to, you know, do that thing. I, you know, I'm a new position on the spot of, of center. So I, I gained the confidence of, hey, I can, you know, I could tussle with these, you know, big, big school, you know, big name guys. And, you know, not only, you know, hold my own, but I think, you know, dominate at times. So I think that was the biggest thing I was able to take away from the senior bowl. Mm-hmm. And what's one thing a team has like said they took away from seeing you? I think they took away that I can I can play all three of the positions inside. You know, I, I obviously during our team sessions we only had one other center, which was Creed, and I was the second center. So all the team reps, I was I was doing center, but uh, I was trying to take advantage of those one on ones and stuff, and trying to go in at guard. So hey, I can go into a two point stance. I, I've never passed that in a two point stance until the Senior Bowl. Uh, like I've practiced it, but that was my first time ever kind of battle testing it live. You know, against. The competition so it's hey i'm doing in left guard right guard three point stance two point stance and just trying to be versatile well battle Quinn, testing I know, I know it live we... i love the i love the term battle testing it live <laughs> real though I mean, really what it was and quinn that was one of my favorite things was i know when we talked the first time 
you had mentioned that you were really practicing snapping a lot because it hadn't been something you'd done, right? Like you had been a left guard your entire career at UW Whitewater. And for me, you changed my, I don't want to say you changed my opinion, but like when, when I watched you play, I think I said this in our meeting, in our uh, first interview, I said, I, I thought you reminded me of Josh Sitton. That was a very solid football player for a long time for the Green Bay Packers, who was a guard, you know? And then I saw you snap and not only snap, but dominate in one-on-ones after snapping, which is a lot harder than people think, but by the way, right? Cause that is a quick little reaction there. But now I'm like, someone asked me and I'm like, I think I might look better at center. I don't know. You know, you, you start to think the wheels start turning a little bit because you now finally saw it. Like you didn't see it on film. So yeah, right, right. We don't want you to, we don't want you, you know, we don't want your hamster to start smoking and blow up I'm in your head. So don't man. think too much, you know, man. slow I'm it down. Saying. I'm just saying, we just want you to slow down and take a breath. We don't want you to blow up. It's good. <laughs> hey, David, this is the new era scout, man. We are thinkers. We aren't just, you know, these, these little guys that sit in rooms, the dark room and all, oh, this is all I saw on film. We, we, we think, you know, we, we, we try to, we try Overthink. to change the game a little bit. Nah, I, don't, I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that, but I will say Quentin moving into this. So you had a great, great. Uh, it's funny too because I want to throw this out real quick on Twitter. Every it's overreaction Twitter all the time, right? Overreaction so, Twitter. Yes. It's overreaction Twitter all the time. So Levi on Wuzurike got you on one rep that was very early on in the week, right? He got you. Like it happens, and Levi's a great football player. It was day out. one, wasn't it? it was oh, that's one. what I'm saying though. So yeah. everybody made comments. They said, "Oh, the D three kid, right?" Like that had happened, and then you obviously, dude, like. The rest of the week, you were flawless. Like, I felt like I didn't see another lost rep all week. The team drills looked great. But then, unfortunately, you have the broken hand and you're not able to play. And then that became a big story is because everyone's saying that you went up to Jim Nagy and you basically said, like, I or the coaches, I mean, uh, I think it was. You went up to them and said, I, I want to play. Like, I want to play. So, first of all, how is the hand working for you? And just that moment, because I know that it is an unfortunate circumstance, but I think for, for some teams – they looked at it and they said, that kid wants it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, you know, I just truly, you know, love the game of football. You know, mm -hmm. I think, you know, my mentality, whether it's senior ball or week one of, of whitewater football, it's you practice so you play in the game. Like that, I don't, I think, you know, I think a lot of the, the mentality around the senior ball is that the game is kind of like the second thing. But like for me, it's like you practice and you grind all week, you learn new things and you go and, and you go do it in the game. And I was, I was really excited to play in the game. So during our walkthrough on Friday, because I, bro I broke my hand on Thursday, uh, yeah, Coach Flo comes up to me and he goes, uh, he goes, Quinn, yeah, I'm, I'm not playing you. I'm not playing you tomorrow. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I kind of let it sink in a little bit. And then after the walkthrough, because I didn't want to keep bugging him about it, I was like, like, I tried to, you know, barter a little bit. I was like, can I get a couple, like maybe a couple series, you know, 10, 15 snaps, like we can club it up or something, right? I still got, you know, my thumb and, and finger like I can play guard <laughs> and and he just kind of stared at me and just looked at me and then just went no <laughs> and I was like I was like really and then he goes he goes I'll put you in on victory and I was like I'll take it and then that was kind of the end of the end of the conversation so I was able, I gotta, to, get, I was able to get something out of it I gotta teach him how to negotiate better if all he got was victory <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I saw the I saw the stare from Coach Flo, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna stop fighting it now." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he just he wanted to just you know he said he didn't feel comfortable um, having me go out there and play, and he said that I proved everything I needed to prove. So it was cool to have you know that type of conversation uh, with Coach Flo. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And again, you don't you're in a 
position where you're turning in from a collegiate athlete, obviously, to a professional athlete, and your hands are very important to offensive linemen. So you don't want to go out and compound an issue, you know, in a, in an all-star game. So I, I commend them for, you know, saving you from yourself, from clubbing up, and then maybe, you know, maybe, you know, hurting that hand even more so that you don't, uh, it could hurt your draft stock here. But, you know, Ryan was throwing out comparisons. And for me, when I watched your film and I saw your background, I mean, you really reminded me a lot of an offensive lineman that I was around a lot up to the New York Giants called Richie Schubert. Uh, Richie was a guy out of Western Illinois, and we, we got him up there, and he wound up being a starting guard for for the Giants for a long time. And shoot, I think he had a nine-year career there. Some of it was plagued with injury because of a rare injury he got when he was a rookie or a sophomore uh, season there in uh, at New York, but, um, you know, this is the guy who played nine, 10 years in the league. Uh, so when I see your body type, your style of play, where you're coming from and everything, I'm like, man, this is, this is Richie incognito. <laughs> this is Richie again. So, uh, that's my comparison to you. Cause I think you could be just as good as he was when I watch and see your attitude and watch you block. I, I like mine that. better. I like my comp better. I'm sure you do because you love to stroke your ego, but that's just, that's fine. It's, it's what it is. You know, I, I just like being right. I don't care. I don't have any ego in this game. I just like being right. Um, so where are you training at? Where did you, where did you select to train and where, where you, when's your pro date? Is, has that been set yet? Like how, how is this going? <clears throat> yeah. So I, I've been training uh, since like the first week of January. I think flew down here to Frisco, Texas. Um, it's, you know, right outside Dallas. I'm training mm-hmm. at the Exos facility here. Uh, yeah, been, been enjoying that. Um, I'll be actually coming back up to Whitewater, uh, next week, Tuesday, and I'll be having my pro day on, on March 9th, um, at Whitewater. So looking forward to that. Has any teams uh, reached out and said they're sending an O-line coach or anything like that to the pro day to work you out? Uh, not, not, not that I'm aware of right now. I'm sure there's a lot of things being kind of figured out because it was kind of a last second thing where I was going to, um, for having it at Whitewater in a normal year, I would be at the, at the Badgers, but that wasn't able to happen. So which, which agent did you, uh, select and, uh, is representing you? Uh, Ron Slavin, uh, with sports stars. Gotcha. I know Ron really well. Gotcha. And how did you go about the selecting process for him? I, I pretty much initially, I, I mean, I really had no, like information. So I just kind of listened to everybody that, um, you know, talked to me, anybody that wanted to get on a zoom call over the summer. I mean, all I had was time. I mean, I would work out, I mean, you can only work out so many times in a day. So I just interviewed as many people as I could. And I took notes. I asked the same questions for every person. And I already kind of knew uh, Ron from a teammate of mine, uh, Nate Truen. He graduated in 2018 from Whitewater and, you know, he's been, you know, floating around a couple teams in the NFL. So I was able to kind of lean on him a lot for information and, you know, Ron has two uh, whitewater guys, so Nate Truen and uh, Kumaro. And so and he's, he's from Wisconsin, Janesville, Wisconsin, you know, graduated from whitewater. So he kind of understands that. No, that was kind of the, the trump card and on a lot of things that he just understood, you know, whitewater specifically, but also the small school, you know, process. And he's from a bigger agency as well. I got you. Now, what, the most important question of the day, though, is uh, where's the best place to get cheese curds in Wisconsin? Culver's. <laughs> Culver's. I can't. I can't wait to go to Culver's. That's a <laughs> that's a staple. That's a staple up north. I, I cannot wait to get back up there and after after the pro day, you know, after you know eating well and for so long, I'm excited to go and get you know a nice mushroom and Swiss burger, 
cheese curds, ranch, the concrete, everything. <laughs> <laughs> the concrete. You know, I got a Culver's here in Arizona, so now I'm like, I got to go to Culver's and get the cheese curds. I, yeah. like, I got to go there now. It's awesome. Well, well, Quinn, I, I kind of wanted to end this conversation a little bit just with the – I saw that you have a T-shirt that's actually out there or some, some gear, I should say, uh, Belly of the Beast, which I know is going for a really – a good cause it seems like. So I just want to kind of open up the floor to just letting you plug it a little bit and just talk about where the, where the idea came from and and what the idea is behind the shirts. Yeah. So coming out of the senior bowl, uh, I, like my social media stuff kind of exploded a little bit. I was starting to gain quite a, quite a bit of following. I would say about, uh, like 10,000, almost 10,000 new followers, um, on Instagram alone. And so I wanted to be able to take something like that and put it towards something, you know, that I wanted to do since high school. So my offensive line coach in high school, uh, Paul Shelsta, um, he has a, a, a daughter that uh, suffers from a rare form of, of GLUT1 and she's trying to find a, find a cure. I mean, she's, she's 14 now, but I mean, she's been doing this her entire life, has been able to live, you know, like a, just a normal childhood, you know, flying to different doctors all over the country. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a sad story and I really want to do something special. So I took, you know, the positivity I was able to generate from the senior bowl. Everyone liked the belly thing. So I was like, all right, I can make a shirt or something like that with the belly thing and then have those profits then go towards, um, you know, the, the shells, the family and to try to help them out. So it's kind of getting, you know, two things done at, at once. So I was, I think they're cool shirts, you know, they're, they're, uh, pretty, you know, pretty affordable and, you know, it's, it's going to help you know, some of that means a lot to me. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Quinn. I, I think that's a great way to end the conversation, man. We appreciate you just taking some time with us. I know again, you're, you're super busy, but it's awesome. Everything that you're doing both on the field and off now. And we, I know I speak for m- me and David, when I say we're wishing you the best of luck. So real quick, uh, social media, where can people find you? And, you know, I know speaking again from everybody behind the scenes here, we wish you the absolute best of luck. moving forward. <laughs> Yeah, so Twitter, Twitter is at Q Miners, and um, my Instagram is at QM sixty seven hundred. And I'll give a little backstory on story of why it's that. Uh, actually, a whole bunch of my friends in high school, we all made Instagram accounts, and it was to go off of Todd Gurley because this is TG four hundred. <laughs> so nice. we all kind of made Instagram accounts off of Todd Gurley. So, so yeah, that's the social yeah, I like media. It. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's been fun. Quinn, no, I hope to have you back on after the draft to just kind of recap where you land and and uh, all that fun stuff that you know we know you're going to enjoy and and it's in your future, young man. So take care of yourself. Be safe. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. For sure. You guys too. All right, Quinn. Have a good one, man. Yep. See you guys. All right. So there we go, Mr. Quinn Miners from UW Whitewater, All American over there at UW Whitewater. And obviously, uh, Senior Bowl standout, to say the least. So, David, that is my guy, man. He's a lot of fun. But, you know, he's just – he's very nonchalant. You know, he's not assuming, even though he's blown up here the last few weeks. Just really nice conversation, I would say. Well, in the chat room, this Sammy, I don't know who Sammy is, but she's loving him. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, she's she's all about him. So, it was it, that was fun. Uh, no, I enjoyed him. And like I said, when I, when I looked him up and did a comparison for myself, I just kept seeing Richie. Like every time I watched him block with his tenacity, his ability to shuffle slide, sustain, anchor, sit, 
like he just looked and reminded me of Richie so much. And you know, Richie came out of Western Illinois, um, and this you know this guy's coming out of Whitewater. So you know, it was this is um, you know Richie went undrafted. This you know obviously Quinn's not going to go undrafted. You know he's going to get drafted and he's going to have a great a great career staying healthy. That'd be awesome for him. Absolutely, and we want to kind of take a quick. Word from our sponsor, Maverick Sports Consulting, would like to say to you, if you're a college looking to improve your recruiting department to maximize the transfer portal, high school recruiting, and junior college transfers to turn your program around quickly, David Turner, of course, has 19 years of personnel experience, 10 years NFL experience managing college scouting departments, as well as pro personnel departments. Mavericks is primed and ready to work with your existing staff and coaches to build you a recruiting department that will mirror your efforts in the coaching department. Let David and Maverick Sports Consulting assist your building a championship team in 2021. So we have Mr. Eric Legrand coming on in about 10 minutes, which I'm very excited about, again, as being a Jersey boy here. Uh, David, we had some questions that people posted to us, not only in, um, in our brand new – sorry, our brand new um, – we have a – I don't even remember what it's called, to be honest. I got to look I gotta look it up right now. We had Discord, a brand-new Discord channel at NFL Draft Bible. Not only did we have the new Discord channel at NFL Draft Bible, of course, I put it on Twitter and let have some people open up to um, – open it up to some questions. So we're going to get Eric on here in a few minutes. Want to hit some of these questions, though, David. Um, first question. It was my favorite one of the night, I would say. Best David Turner memory. Oh, man. I think that was Jack D that asked me that one. Um, best David Turner memory. It was probably last podcast. Just kidding. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> best, I mean, meeting David Turner. What a blessing that it has been to meet David Turner draft weekend and just find out who he is. I mean, seriously, David, could there have been a better thing in the world than us meeting? I mean, to be honest here. Uh, the, did you all hear that? That's the divorce papers getting uh, delivered to Ryan's house right now. So just uh, in case you're wondering what that was like, you know, I, I'm not married, so I don't have to worry about saying that. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, the best memories um, so far is just like, yeah, that first draft weekend with Ryan, uh, with you and Rick and Murph and everybody that we were just doing our show. And I, it was just so much fun. And then, Going from going from that into our Friday night scout school and pulling that off together, and now we're doing Mavs, and this is episode what twenty nine, and we got some you know announcements coming down the pipe on about on this, and and you know just all the stuff that this year twenty twenty was a difficult year by all stretch of the imaginations. It was difficult, but there's been a lot of good things come out of it, and like some lifelong friendships and stuff that um, you know are getting forged here. So. You know, 2021, it's still throwing us curveballs, but at the end of the day, I think uh, it's gonna, it's all gonna work out for the betterment of everybody involved. So this is good. Absolutely, I think we already have Eric waiting for us. So let's bang out one question real quick before we bring him on. Uh, this was an interesting one, David. Someone asked, rate these four linebackers as prospects, not necessarily as NFL players, but as prospects. So we have here. Roquan Smith, who plays linebacker for the Chicago Bears, former um, Georgia Bulldog Roquan Smith. We have Devin White out of LSU, of course, Super Bowl champion Devin White for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We have Isaiah Simmons, who is a rookie linebacker for the 
Arizona Cardinals, formerly of the Clemson Tigers. And he's kind of a weird one to throw a monkey wrench into this one because he's like, he's not a pure linebacker, right? Like he played safety at Clemson. He played linebacker. Like he's kind of that new hybrid role. So it's a little tough to compare him to a guy like a Roquan Smith to start with. That was just kind of my thoughts real quick on that one. And then Micah Parsons, who of course is coming out of Penn State this year. I'll start the order here, David, in case the wheels are still turning for you. For me. I got it. I'm done. Oh, you got it? Okay. Oh, you go first then. Let me hear it. I got him ranked. I thought we were ranking him. So I have Parsons, Smith, White, Simmons. Parsons, White. Wait, wait. Say it one more time. Parsons. Parsons, White. Oh, White. Okay. Smith, Simmons. Okay. We're actually pretty close. We're actually pretty close. I have Parsons number one. Dude, I think that he can, like, I honestly think he could play Mike, Sam, or Will. Like, I think he's that talented. I think he has that upside. Like, he could play any spot in a 4-3, both inside. I think he could play, honestly, he could play outside linebacker in a 3-4, too, honestly, with his background. I think he could play Will at 3-4 really, really good. Dude, he could play anything, I think, honestly. Like, I think he could play any linebacker position in a 4-3 or a 3-4. So, he would be my first guy. And then I would say second guy, Devin White for me. Like my dude was insane at LSU, and then he runs like a four four two at the combine. It's like, brother, what are we doing here? Like that should not be humanly possible at two hundred thirty seven pounds to run a four four two. Like that sh- that should not be humanly possible. I put, um, I actually put Isaiah Simmons at three. Again, it's tough to compare with these guys because those guys are true like off ball linebackers playing in the box all the time. Isaiah Simmons is hybrid right like his best thing is that he's a versatile piece he can do things in zone and man coverage in the slot he can do things even in in deep you know playing like a split field cover two role like I think that he's that type of athlete so he's not a true off-ball backer but for me I thought he was a really talented football player last year I was a big fan and I actually wasn't the biggest Roquan fan of all time I liked Roquan but like I think I had like an early second round grade on him which I guess I was a little lower than some people and you know he's a good player player for Chicago. He had actually had a very solid season this year, but I just wasn't the biggest Roquan Smith fan of all time. So that would be my top four. And I know, again, we have Mr. Eric Legrand waiting, so I want to pop him on now. So again, in my intro, I talk a little bit about Eric, who was, for me, being a Jersey guy, right? Seeing him and his story, of course, a former Rutgers defensive lineman. I know he actually played linebacker and fullback, I believe, in high school. I, I remember watching a special on him. And we all know the story, right? Paralyzed. But what makes Eric Legrand such a special person is most people, when that happens to, you would go into your shell and you would just kind of take a step back and you would just, it just would change your life drastically. And obviously it's going to change your life in certain instances, of course. But Eric Legrand is the definition of perseverance and he has done so many great things. And we're going to get to a few of the things that he's been doing. But before we get into that, Eric Appreciate this is honestly such a pleasure being a Jersey guy, seeing everything that has gone on throughout your career. You are truly an inspiration, and we thank you so much for joining the show. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yep, you were loud. Oh, yeah, we got you loud and crowd. We got you loud and clear. Thank you for having me on, guys. I'm listening to you guys break down football. I'm getting all excited over here. It's February right now, but I'm getting all juiced up over here, man. It's cool. Hey, don't even sleep on Mavericks sports take. We're we're football 100% of the time. All 365 baby. We are in it to win it. We are we are building teams, rosters all the way around it. So, you we're know, gonna to, we're going to have to talk about my Broncos cuz I'm a, I'm a Jersey guy, but I'm a diehard Denver Broncos fan, so 
Oh, are you now? We'll get into that then in a little bit. We'll get into some Bronco ball because I like the Broncos right now and what they're doing at the, in their front office and everything. So we'll definitely get there. But really quick, let's talk about the entrepreneur, Eric, as an entrepreneur. Let's talk about the entrepreneurships and stuff that you're involved in, what you got going. Because um, what we love to do here at Mavericks is talk about the business of football. And part of the business is off the field economics, right? And yep. so as a former player, I just want to hear about how you're taking, you know, what what these opportunities that have come your way and turned them into entrepreneur stuff off the field. Yeah. So as a college athlete, you know, you always think about, okay, life after football. What am I going to do after football? Obviously, with my injury, you know, my career got cut short, so I had to plan what I was going to, going to do after. And, you know, with being the person I am and the way I live my life and the support that I have, I was able to do the motivational speaking, sports broadcasting, launch a foundation, write a book, all that good stuff. But, you know, as now as I get 10 years into my injury, you know, it's like, what's next? And it's funny how I came up with LeGrand Coffee House. I, I, you know, the times that we've been living in in 2020, you know, I want to figure out a way to bring people together over unity. I say unity to the community. And the way I, I thought about that is 85% of the world drinks coffee. Why not bring people together over a cup of coffee and be able to talk, you know, about, you know, situations or whatever it is over business plans, foundation plans. So many things come for a cup of coffee. And I want to bring that daily that daily cup of believe into people's lives all throughout the country and hopefully throughout the world one day. No, I can, you know what? You just said that it pops in my mind. And again, take it, run with it. I know you will. What, what about hosting like a weekly coffee shop where people come drink coffee and they network in a networking event? I mean, I could see the LeGrand coffee shop blowing up where people talk to their charity events, use it as a networking group, you know, all sorts of stuff around the world. And it's all hosted by your coffee shop. Uh, but best believe I already have plans on how I'm getting the community together, whether if it's my, you know, schools in my hometown, book clubs, open mic night, like you said, events or networking events where people get together and plan out different business plans, just meet each other. Believe me, it's all in the Rolodex of ideas that I have, you know, in the back of my mind right now for when our brick and mortar opens up in August of this year. Love it. Love it, Eric. And I know, we want to get into uh, – we got to talk Broncos now in a little bit, I guess, here. But I want to start you off by the college world, place that you obviously were very – you know, you saw it firsthand, getting recruited, going into college. Obviously, some of these players that are coming in this year – I'm thinking about recruits this season especially, right? Like for California that had no football, some states that had, you know, delays or they played a minimal amount of games, maybe didn't play also – there is a lot of negativity that has been surrounded around the COVID-19 pandemic and everything that has kind of curtailed. Can you bring us through just from that perspective and how you think maybe some players have best been able to navigate some of these negative instances? Yeah, as a player, you know, I, I have a bunch of uh, friends now and former teammates that are coaches, you know, in, in their career and talking with them and hearing how they're talking to the recruits. In the beginning, I just thought it was insane. Like, doing Zoom meetings for, for tours around the campus and meeting with the academic team and all this stuff. But I'm like, wow, you know, a lot of these kids, yes, the negative side of it, they're missing the opportunity to see the campus. I remember when I was able to visit, you know, UVA down in Charlottesville, going to Maryland and seeing Vernon Davis work out, in a, or then going to visit Notre Dame and watching Brady Quinn work out for pro day. You know, stuff like that that they didn't get to see. 
But the side of it, I think you really get to see now personally what coaches really know how to develop a relationship with you. Now that you can, you're not on campus, but all the goodies, you know, you can show them through Zoom. How can you develop a relationship with that coach now? How much, you know, can you, you know, you're talking on a Zoom call. How much do they really care about you? Are they giving you the car salesman? I think that's the advantage now where these kids can dissect that in their families to see what coaches are really real. Yeah, and I, co- I actually covered uh, Notre Dame athletics in a, in a different podcast. And I will say, like, we're talking about kids now, and this is to your point, that are making commitments without ever being on campus. Like, for me, that is astounding to think about. Because, like, for, for Notre Dame specifically, just to talk about them, like, that's a place where, like, you have to visit to really know, like, the special environment. Mm-hmm. I'm just working through this, man. I feel so bad for a lot of these athletes because I can't imagine – ever making a college decision where I haven't even set foot and known that I was a part of this culture. I was the right person here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean. Because think, I mean, I, re- I remember going there and seeing all this stuff and I can't imagine making this decision. And it's funny because it can be an advantage for some coaches and then can be a disadvantage. I feel like these big powerhouses, they have all the glitz and glam and stuff. But, you know, it depends how, how much of these coaches really developed a relationship. Now, you know, maybe take a step down and, you know, those mid-level teams in the Big Ten and the SEC and, you know, the ACC, now they're really getting to, you know what, this person's not able to visit this, this campus or that campus. I got to take advantage of this relationship right here and I can, you know, sway this kid to commit to us because right now they don't get to go see the history of Notre Dame. They don't get to walk through the Coliseum, you know, and, and, and down in uh, USC. They don't get to see Alabama and all the national championships. So some of these colleges have to take advantage of that. And uh, big ones, you know, they're still going to get the top, top dogs. But, hey, you might be able to sneak one one here and there away. You know, it's funny you say that because Ryan and I, and we were just talking to our first guest about this. It's crazy, this new portal. Like when I, you know, I've been in the game 18, 19 years now. I mean, you guys weren't glimmers in your dad's eyes at that point when I got in. <laughs> but, but for me, when I got in, it was just like, you know, you didn't have this transfer portal. If a kid committed to the school, they were at that school and you could trace and track them, you know, unless they got kicked out or they left to go to JUCO and then transfer out of JUCO somewhere else. It was a lot easier to track these, these young men. Now you have this transfer portal. So, you know, I know. Coach Ciano has done a good job of finding people in the, the transfer portal, getting them there. A lot of these college teams seem to be having these pro departments almost, uh, you know, to be able to monitor and manufacture good players out of the portal, JC transfers. And then, you know, the, the high school recruiting has almost become like a draft where you're like drafting kid out of there for long term, mm-hmm. you know, progression. What's your take on this tra- transfer portal? Um, because you're close to it and, and you're close to Coach Ciano. I know that and everything. And and, and he does a marvelous job of, of utilizing it, I think. I think the transfer portal goes to show the evolution of the game of college football and how it grows and takes that next step. And the reason why I say that is because coaches sometimes get stuck in their ways and they don't learn how to adapt. With the transfer portal now, you can use that to your advantage, especially teams that are young or new coaching staffs trying to come in and rebuild a program. You have a lot of guys that, you know, they're your guys now, but they're from the former staff. And obviously if the former staff isn't there anymore, you know, maybe the players weren't, you know, living up to the standard that they needed to. With the transfer portal, you can get guys that have already played at high levels. 
may not, you know, got the, you know, the best playing time, but you can find some gems in that transfer portal. Bring them into your program if they fit as your guys and have them as leaders to teach these young kids who, you know, unfortunately might have been losing and losing. And now they got these new guys coming in from all of them, you know, all over the place, different colleges at high levels. And they know what it's kind of like being around a winning culture. That's the advantage I see where coaches need to involve. And a lot of programs are doing, it, especially new coaching staff, coming in using that to your advantage until you can recruit the guys that you need to come in there and develop them. And Eric, do you, do you think kind of working from the other angle? Because I think that some schools are utilizing the transfer portal very well. But I'm trying to think of like, so Eric Legrand is a junior in college, right? Like, let's take it there for a second, and or a senior even. And we get a transfer now that is a was a high profile player. Maybe he's a senior. He's only going to be there for one year, let's say. Like he's a grad transfer, right? Not even like a you know a younger transfer. And he gets that immediate eligibility, obviously. Do you think there's any like kind of uneasiness for the veterans in the room knowing like this guy's here for one year, that's it. He's coming to take my spot. He's coming to, you know, disrupt our foundation. Like, do you think that ever comes into the equation? That's the talk where you go to your dorm and talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's dorm room talk when you're, when you're not at the facilities anymore and you're around your boys and like, yo man, this guy's really coming in to take my position, blah, blah, blah. Cause you know, when you get in a facility, if you go talk to your coach, it's like, I'm bringing competition. You right. better tell you do you step up to the plate or you don't. You know what I mean? It's hard to have that conversation with you. I know you have your tight knit people, you bring them in, and then a veteran comes in and jumps in. It's like, hmm, like who's this guy? You're looking at him sideways, like, hmm, I don't know about him. But that's where, like I said, that's the dorm room talk where you go back to your dorm and you share that amongst, you know, your teammates. But at the same time, it just makes you have to step up your game because now you know you have more competition and Maybe it's, you know, a sucky situation for you, but competition, you know, brings the best athletes and brings the best people in general. All right, enough of this. Let's talk Broncos. So, <laughs> <laughs> enough of this goody two-shoes, uh, let's all be a kumbaya moment. The Broncos, just, uh, you know, do they have the quarterback of the future on their roster or are they still looking in search of them? Honestly, if they have a chance to get Deshaun Watson, you got to do that. You know what I mean? You trade away the picks. If you got the Drew Locke, Noah Fant type of deal, you know, a few first-round picks, you have to do that. Just Sean Watson. If not, you got to give Drew Locke another year. And the reason why I say that is his rookie year, he played five games, right? I believe went 4-1 his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Last year, he loses, obviously, Von Miller hurts his ankle, which I know is an offense defense, but that's your leader of the team. Hurts his ankle right before the season starts. And guess what? Cortland Sutton goes down, tears his ACL. Now you're forced with Jerry Judy, who I, I can't wait to watch. That man running routes is, oh, my God. But still, when he comes now, he has to step up into kind of that number one role. And some other guys are still, like Tim Patrick jumping in there. And then you got K.J. Hammer, a bunch of young guys. Noah Fant, young guy. Then you lose Alex O, rookie, young guy. The, I think the only team that had more injuries this year than the Broncos was, was the San, San Francisco 49ers. We were absolutely depleted. So at the same time, Garrett Bowles, finally our left tackle, finally showed up and balled out this year. The line is going to get better. Now you get all your weapons back. You have Melvin Gordon, Gordon in the backfield, Phillip Lindsay. If you can stay healthy, I think you got to give Drew Locke another opportunity with all his guys. I mean, 
you got to compete against the Kansas City Chiefs twice a year. So everyone in our conference is trying to build for that, as you can see with the Raiders and the, and the Los Angeles Chargers. The Broncos have the weapons to do it if they can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. No, and I agree. I think there's a really nice nucleus there for Denver. I mean, Jerry Judy was one of my guys last year. That was a top 10 player in the draft, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Insane route runner. We saw how he ended the year, too. He had like 150 yards in his final game. So mm-hmm. he's he's that guy, man. I'm telling you. And you mentioned Philip Lindsay, who I know David had a, a, a nice opinion on coming out of Colorado over there as an undrafted free agent. So there's a lot of pieces. Garrett Bowles, like you said, finally hit that <laughs> billing of that first round left tackle. So a lot of incredible things and then in theory we're getting Vaughn back I have to think Eric I mean is can this team with competent quarterback play above average quarterback play whatever it is can they compete with the Kansas City Chiefs for the I, I believe they do they have to put some work on the defense though you got to see where, are we going to be able to dry, draft as you guys were talking about Michael Parsons out of Penn State will he still be available now we have to trade up or do we get Patrick Sertan out of Alabama to lock up the corner position and you gotta sign Justin Simmons, my guy. You can't let you can't you can't let him get away. It's, it's killing me because he he just he's been a solid player for us in the back, and he's just he know he knows what the defense is like. But we need to get better at corner. We need to get better at linebacker. Our defensive line, you know, here and there, but getting Vaughn back to you know on the outside linebacker position, I think will be okay. But the main positions is that corner and linebacker position where we need somebody that can lock up on the outside. And fly around because I know you remember the no fly zone defense that we had back in 2015, 2014, 15. Man, I used to get so hyped up for the games. The team's gonna score on us, but if they need to get back to that, what our what our coach who's a defensive mind coach, that's where we need to go at. You got to get that corner. You got to get a, a stud linebacker. Yeah. See, I was when he was talking the old school. He was talking old school Broncos. I started thinking Atwater and Smith. Oh yeah. I was. That's what I was going back. Yeah, I was going back. I was like, that's right there. See, I I became a Broncos fan, honestly, because of Terrell Davis when I was a young boy, about eight years old, watching the game Broncos. I believe it was was going during their Super Bowl run. I'm like, oh, I like his style. I like the way Terrell Davis runs the ball. I like him. I'm gonna follow him. Changed my number to thirty. Wore 30 my entire career until I got to high school. I mean, until I got to college and I changed to 52. But I watched him. I said, you know, I'm going to follow this team at eight years old. I like the Denver Broncos. And here I am at 30 years old. Diehard still Denver Broncos for him. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, talking about life real quick. I know you you work your butt off here and, you, and, you're, trying, and you're trying to accomplish something big. When are we going to see you walk again? Because I know that's one of your big big goals it is you know i'm trying to do everything i can with my foundation team lagrand of the christopher and dana reed foundation to find that cure for paralysis and continue to give hope to people the 5.6 million people that are dealing with some sort of paralysis there's so many things that happen with technology nowadays i truly believe in my lifetime we'll be able to find a cure for this you know terrible injury and we'll be able to treat this hopefully like an acl injury one day where you get to surgery, you do your rehab, and you're back up on your feet walking. I don't know about when when it's going to be, but I always like to say it's not if, it's when it's going to happen. I'm going to continue to do my best to raise awareness for people that are in similar situations as me so we can live Christopher Reeve's dream, and that's a world with empty wheelchairs. And how do, how do we here at Mavericks align, ally, and support your efforts, your goals, what is it we can do to be a constant uh, 
member of this Team LeGrand? Well, you can go to our website, teamlegrand.org, and you can join our team and you can make you know small donations monthly or one donation, you know, and it's just all appreciated. I have so many different events that I have, you know, pre-COVID, you know, I had so many different events each year now, but now we have adapted and we do virtual 5K walks and runs, which we'll be having on this year in June. So ways to participate, just follow us on Team LeGrand on our social media page and to our website and just be a part of the, be a part of the movement. I, I promise you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. Uh, I, I think that's a great way to end it, Eric. We really appreciate you so much. I know you just talked a little bit about um, all the work you're doing, but if you want to plug real quick, just social media mm-hmm. or leave whatever you want to leave the, the people with. I know everyone thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It was fantastic. Well, like I said, you see my shirt here, LeGrand Coffeehouse. This is my new business endeavor. I would love for people to continue to support. It's been amazing. We've been in business for five and a half weeks and it's taken off. And if you, people want to get a daily couple believe that they need the inspiration, that motivation in your life. And just a reminder each day to go out there and attack your goals. I believe that's what our coffee will do for people. Just a daily reminder. If I'm fighting every day to live my life the way that I do and continue to help other people, you can do the same. So get it. So follow us on LeGrand Coffee House on all our social media page, LeGrand Coffee on Twitter and LeGrandCoffeeHouse.com. Fantastic. Fantastic. Eric LeGrand, again, former Rutgers football player, public speaker. He does a little bit of everything. Broncos fan. Right. Broncos fan. Eric, we'll have to do this again, man. This was a blast. This was maybe my favorite interview we've done on maps so far. We really appreciate you taking the time tonight. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Eric. Take care. Again, that was Mr. Eric LeGrand. Fantastic conversation, David. I must say, and this is no hyperbole in the moment, in my opinion. That may have been my favorite interview that we have done here. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed every part of that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, Eric's so gracious to come on, stay up late. I mean, I, I, I mentioned him, you know, he's at rehab every morning, you know, working on and grinding and getting ready for that moment when he can and technology catches up with his tenacity and his passion to walk again. And like he said, through the Christopher Reeves foundation, their, their goal is, uh, you know, a, a life of wheelchair, uh, life with uh, no bodies in wheelchairs. So it's just so special to have him on, to be able to talk about everything he does each and every day. But like you said, when you entered him, most people, they walk into that opportunity or that, that adversity and they find ways to fail the rest of their lives because they, they use it as a crutch. He doesn't. He, he takes it and it's a springboard. Okay, this is done. What's next? This is done. What's next? And he, he, again, he's so inspirational. I can't wait to have him back. We'll definitely get him back on the show. Now that I know he's a Broncos fan, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to be giving him some, some, uh, some jabs here and there. And we'll see during the draft if, the, if George and the, and the crew get it right for him or not. Yeah, absolutely. So we want to, again, just thank Mr. Eric LeGrand for taking some time with us. I want to tell you all about an awesome event that is actually coming up tomorrow, Wednesday, February 24th, 8 p.m. Eastern time. We're talking about the 12th annual Hound Talent Inside the League Scouting Seminar presented by Magnolia Capitals Partners. It's going to be featuring 2020 Best Draft Award winners, Eugene Parker, Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, We have a lot of great people lined up for this event. It's going to be live streamed at si.com slash NFL slash draft. Make sure that you 
get inside into this event. Again, 12th annual Talent Inside the League Scouting Seminar tomorrow, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Make sure to reach out. NFL Draft Bible, Inside the League. We're a part of the event, and it's going to be absolutely outstanding. And I would definitely suggest you getting an inside look into 12th annual that Neil Stratton is a part of and NFL draft Bible is obviously a part of as well. So tomorrow it's awesome. It's a dozen years that Neil's been doing it. He hands out best agent awards, best scouting department awards. You know, he's it's, it's it's usually held at the combine, but this year's assistant combine it's gone virtual. Like most of the stuff that we've talked about in our, in 2020 and 2021, but it's really a feat that uh, Neil's been doing this a dozen years and it's just great that he recognizes a lot of the hardworking people in the industry that their names never see it in lights and they never get acknowledged. And there's just people that make this um, supply chain of personnel and people and opportunities keep it growing and going. So it's great to to be part of that. And I can't wait to, uh, to watch it tomorrow night. Now, Mr. Cassidy in the chat room. No, we're not old. They're just young. Okay. (laughs) It's not that we're old. It's just that they are young. Understand that. No, we're not old. They are just very, very young. I'm not and, you know, young. naive. But let's not go there. Let's just say young, okay? I'm not that young. I have gray hair. So I'm gray young, hair? I do you're... have gray hairs. I do. I swear to God. There's Those no are just because you're dad now. Dad hair. Nah, they've, been, dad they've been there for a couple of years, man. This is not to happen just in the last couple of weeks. They've been there already. So oh, I would like please. to say that that's my excuse for why the gray hairs are there, but I cannot use that cop out. <laughs> young dad. You're a young dad. We are. When I point to the salt in my bear and I tell my daughter, everyone is from you. Everyone before you. And then my son, I say, before you, Gregory, I had hair. Now, because I do this all the time, my hair's gone. So that's well, well, <laughs> so, so what you got to do. You got to use it to your advantage when you're a parent. You gotta use well, it I'm, ne- I'm never I'm never going to lose my hair. I'm always going to have my hair, so I'm not worried. Okay, about sure. It's yeah, just the yeah. gray hair. Just the gray hair apart. You know what I'm saying? We'll see. <laughs> we will see. We will see. Someday when I'm I'm pushing David Turner along, you know, when he's No, that's Dakota's job. That's oh, Dakota. Okay, Don't take Dakota's job. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. Dakota, I apologize if you're watching. Shout out to Dakota Follow. We want to answer a couple more mailbag questions before we get out of here. We're doing great on time, which is a one-time thing. Very rare. Very rare, to say the least. So question here, David. If you missed the Prospect Profit podcast on the NFL Draft Bible live stream earlier today, you know that I asked the question. Okay? I asked the question to David to rank Jack Dispo, Alec Polito, and Lorenz Weber. I don't know how to say his last name. So Weber, I think. I'm going to go with that. Weber. Let's call them block letters. Block letters. So I asked David to rank them based on likability. So when I asked for questions for tonight, of course, Jack Despo gives me rank Jack, Alec, and Lorenz in terms of likability. So I get to answer this question now, I guess. So, David, I think yours was Lorenz, Alec, Jack, right? Correct. Okay. See... Man, I don't want to give Lorenz like a compliment though, do I? Like Lorenz is a cool guy though, so maybe I will. I don't know. All right, so we'll go Lorenz number one. I'm gonna throw Jack a bone. No, I can't throw Jack a bone. Forget it. I'm going Alex two, <laughs> Jack three. Jack just got destroyed. <laughs> Why you gotta do that to me? You know he's about to come out of his seat and be like, yes, and then you went no. Pull the rug out. Shoe, though. He's, he's, he's in the chat room too. I just, I'm sorry, Jack. Alec just, you know, he helps me out a lot, like some social media stuff or and some other stuff. So, like, 
you know, just bump them up a little bit. I mean, if, if, if Jack wants to volunteer his time to help me out in some capacity, then maybe that'll change. Hey, Jack and I are working on some stuff that's going to blow your doors. I'm telling you, Jack and I blow are going to blow my doors. They're going to blow your doors. I'm telling you. All right. Well, I appreciate Jack for throwing out the question. I'm sorry that I did not give you the answer you probably wanted, but we're <laughs> going to move on to that and go back into some actual football. This one was interesting. <laughs> this one was interesting. <laughs> what is the trade package offer? You would need to trade the Jaguars' number one overall pick. Now, obviously, this one is like let's be honest here. Like, we don't know this unless we know what team is trading up from what spot, all that good stuff. So let's hypothetically say, because Carolina Panthers is like the hot team, right? That everybody keeps talking about that they might be the trade-up partner. They don't have enough capital to do it. They probably don't, right? Like, what would it like hypothetical? This is very hypothetical, David. Like, what would it take to get up from eight to one to, to snag Trevor Lawrence? Like, one, Jacksonville would never do that because why would you give up on Trevor Lawrence to start off with? They would never do that. But hypothetical. Well, Let's well, throw away that standard there. But, well, well, well. Uh, <laughs> I can think of a couple ways I would do it. Urban Meyer. Um, yeah, okay. Um, well, anyway. All right. Um, so what would it take, David? How many first-round picks, players involved in this deal? Like, what in this fantasy world would it take, you think? Okay, so if if you're depends on what spot, like you said, depends on what spot let's, you're let's sitting. Go eight to one. Let's go eight to one. Let's say hypothetical. We're going eight to one. The the, the package at eight is going to have to be ginormous because of the value that you're going to lose from one to eight. Okay, so back in back when I was in the draft room, we one year we had an offer. We had the number one pick overall. We had an offer from the, the three spot, the three mm-hmm. spot to come over to and get to one and give us a three. And they were also going to give us next year's one and that year's two. So therefore, we were going to have two twos and we're going to gain a one in the following year plus their three. So we were basically getting two, two ones and two and, and a two to come up over one spot. Right. So. Mm-hmm. That's closer to what you can get, and that that's a reality, right? Like if they, if someone from the three spots is trying to jump over, and you know you're going to lose the quarterback, but you you know you're only and you're only going to pick up a few a few picks, that's inside the value when you're doing draft board math. Well, if you're coming from eight, mm-hmm. you're going to probably wind up giving up three ones, you know, this year's and then two more, and either a dominant player or another Christian pick. Christian McCaffrey? I don't know. Just no, I wouldn't on. give up I wouldn't give up McCaffrey if you're going for a quarterback, right? Because running backs yeah. don't matter, baby. You I heard you. Go ahead. Yeah, running backs matter, so you gotta keep them. Um <laughs> but for me, like okay, I would say like listen, if I'm the Oakland Ra- or the Raiders, right? Yep. And I want to go get another number one pick, you can trade car and three firsts, and then a second for this year. And that so that's four picks and a player. So they can go get – they can have Derek Carr walking in the building, and, and then they can have their, their pick this year and their second-round pick this year, their first and second-round pick this year, and then the next two years at once. So now that's a package where if you're, you know, Jacksonville, you're listening. Because you're giving up a young quarterback, but you're still getting a guy who's under under thirty, right? And he's 
and you're, and you're getting a guy who's in the top 20 quarterbacks. Now, there's a lot of people in the Twitterverse that are going to come at me, but you know what I say. You know, you guys don't know how to do math, but he's in the top 20 quarterbacks. Um, and and then you're also getting three first-round picks and a second-round pick to really build a team that's roster needs to be built. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, they have a lot of picks this year. They have a lot of cap room, so they have a lot of tools in their bag. But if I'm listening to a, a trade deal, that, that would be have to be in the wheelhouse of the trade deal I would listen to. Well, speaking of packages, great segue here. Speaking of packages, would you like some help with your high school F athlete recruitment process? Maverick Sports Consulting is set up with our 19 years of relationship building that can not only evaluate your child's film to access their talent level, but we can also pick up the phone and make calls on their behalf to help gain them traction in the recruiting process. The hardest aspect of the recruiting process is often getting your film seen. Let us take that off of your plate and help you get your film in front of the decision makers. Go to maverickSportsConsulting.com today for more information. So last couple of questions we have here, David. It was another um, draft-centric question. I'm looking for it. Okay, so we saw last year, I felt like there wasn't a ton of movement, especially in the first round, because we were in a year where fully virtual draft, it was brand new. People were trying to navigate just that world, right? So now we're in the second year of the COVID process. I'm sure the draft is going to be virtual again, probably at this point. So the question here is, I think I just want to lay that out just for this question because I think it's interesting. How would how uh, how about anticipated trades, first trades, over under basically on number of first round trades? How many are we expecting? I'm expecting a lot more just off of that simple fact we now have more of a basis of what to expect, but let's set a number here, David. How many trades are we going to have in this first round this year? Under four and under. Let's. All right, I'm going to set the over under. You tell me if you think it's more or less. Okay. Let's I just told you. What? What'd you say? Four? No, go ahead. I said no, a no, number. Said if you didn't, I, I said a number, but if you didn't hear it, go for it. Did you say four? Was that your number? Yeah, I think it's four or under. Okay, so you think four is the cap? Yeah, and mainly because, and here's why: the okay. we don't have like all the medicals and stuff are going to be done outside of NFL personnel touching people, and so therefore it's like you know you're, you're going to take everything with a grain of salt. So if there's a player that checks your boxes and is medically healthy, I don't know teams are going to trade back or or trade around. Um, because there might be others that have the first round talent that have a lot of that have other question marks, uh, yeah. whether it's character or injury, and they haven't been able to be on campus to get the 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 taste of that player and see them and then shake their hand and kiss babies and do all that stuff. So I don't know if they really pass them if there's a player there, um, you know, with the question marks that are coming. Second, third, fourth round, I think there's going to be a lot more trades. First round to get that clean player. I think yeah. people are going to take the selection and not trade around. Okay. All right. So you said four or less. Let me, let, let's, let's do a, a quick little, all right. I, I'm going to, I'm going to stress that a little bit. Ready? I'm going to say the over under is three and a half. No, I think you'll get four. Well, no. So you would say over, you would say the over for three and a half. Yes. You would, you would take the over. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how you do a half of a trade. Well, no, that's, that's care. the odds though, right? Like, like you get, like, they'll say like the over under 73 and a half in a football game. Like you're not, you can't score 73 and a half. You're either going over, or you're going under the 73. And a half. Does that make sense? 
Come on. Yeah, you don't bet? You. you don't ever bet? All right. Anyway. Cool. No. Last question of the night. Last question of the night. Um, somebody asked. They said they're a huge fan of Paulson Adebo, which is a defensive back out of Stanford. He is he is he a casualty of prospect fatigue? Don't see much hype around him. So I will say this, just kind of putting the Paulson Adebo experiments experience into context. 2019, outstanding season. They had like four interceptions, 17 pass breakups, and they weren't like pass breakups just because you're getting thrown at. It was pass breakups because like, dude was outstanding. Zone coverage, my dude has the best feel of maybe any corner in the draft. Like He is up there in that conversation. Great ball skills. He was recruited to play wide receiver at a lot of schools. Um, And then 2020 comes around. Uh, Actually, I'm sorry, that was 2018. It was a great season. 2019 comes around. And he has a very underwhelming season. It was not the season you were expecting. You expected him to declare as a Richard sophomore and to be in the draft last year in the 2020 NFL draft. And then the Pac-12 season goes, hey, there's not going to be a Pac-12 season. Then it comes back late. You're trying to figure out all the, all the movie pieces. He decides to opt out of the season. So now you're left with one year of good tape, one year of not-so-great tape, and you're trying to figure out which player you're getting for me, David, it's a tough conversation because the last time you saw Paulson Adebo, who which is now over a year, he wasn't great. But then you did have a season of really nice film, so it is a tough conversation. I don't that know. If fourth round to- pick. That's that's where he fourth is. Fourth round. That's it. That's it, man. There's no. I mean, it, personally, yep. when you got a, when you got a mixed bag of character like that, you know, you you don't know really what you're getting because you don't have a consistent year of film sitting there and you, yep. you know you value of a fourth round pick you can take an early flyer if the measurables are there and you have some good tape you know back into the third some team might take a flyer on them but if you if you see him going above that that means the market for other players at that position have fallen you know because right. right now you you know you yeah, you're banking too much on on one year wonder and that's yeah. just me i can't do that other people in the industry do it and I think yeah. you find more fails and more um, more misses yeah. on those than 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 hits. So you know, I, I would say I would right now. I'd have him firm in the fourth, and one of my scouts who watched him would really have to convince me to go up on him. You know, I, they would have to put some some really good reasoning and uh, stuff together for that. But you know, I personally like our chat room right now because Dan Cassidy he wants to know. If, <laughs> Would you? It's a good question. Would you? Would you trade Ryan for a year's supply of the Grand Coffee and and block letters? Um, yeah, I think I would. Wow! <laughs> I want to get my hands on some of the the Grand Coffee, and if I don't have to pay for it, I'm kind of you know I'm a guy right now trying to make ends meet. You know, that'd be a year full full of coffee. I yeah, might have to do that and bring block letters over from uh, from Germany, and he could stay on the you know stay out in the backyard or something. Hose him off once a week and then, you know, do a show with him. That's funny. Uh, and then Jack must have had a couple cocktails at dinner when he went had to, to dinner. Had to have. Had to Had to because he's on fire in the chat room right now. You know, over and under how many quarterbacks are the Eagles taking in the first round? One, one and a half. <laughs> Jack, I might go under there. I might. I'll think about it. Maybe over. Maybe they'll take two. Maybe they'll trade back. In the, I mean, they just took a quarterback in the second round that they didn't actually need last year's draft. Cares about that, right? Different conversation. All right. Well, in that note, we're through all the questions. We had two great interviews again with Quentin Miners and Eric Legrand. 
fantastic night on Mavs Sports Take. We want to thank everybody so much for joining us tonight. We want to thank Eric. We want to thank Quentin. I want to thank David Turner. This was a lot of fun. Before we do, we would appreciate a review. We would appreciate a share. We would appreciate a retweet. We would appreciate every support that you can give Mavs Sports Take here on every podcast platform. Go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. We really appreciate it. David Turner, as always, let you get the final word here. I appreciate everybody coming on tonight. Obviously, that was an amazing night of interviews with Quinn and and Eric and everybody. And you know what? It really just shows you adversity really brings out the character in everybody. And, you know, what adversity you're hitting, what 2020 threw at you, what your personal life's hitting you with, whatever it is, there is a silver lining. It's hard to see through the fog sometimes, you know, but don't let the fog set in so thick that you don't find the silver lining because there is eventually. And like Ryan and I were talking about, we didn't a year ago today, we didn't know each other, you know, and now we fight like an old married couple that have been, you know, married for 30 years or whatever. And it's fun. Um, and we, and we enjoy each other and we enjoy this, this, this road we're on together from Mavs to Friday night scout school and everything we're doing at draft Bible. So, you know, again, find your silver lining. If you need help finding it, reach out to Mavericks. We can help walk you through any of these situations and get you on the right path. So thanks everybody for a great show. Thank you, Ryan, as usual. And uh, everybody in the chat room, Jack, Cassidy, everybody, you guys made me howl tonight. That was awesome. Yeah, awesome interaction. We appreciate you all again so much. As David said, MaverickSportsConsulting.com, NFL Draft Bible at SI.com, backslash NFL, backslash draft. Would appreciate all the support that you all have given us and continue to give us. Thanking you again next week. Same time, same place, 8.30 Eastern time on the NFL Draft Bible live stream, Twitch, and YouTube. Thank you all. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mav Sports Take. Connect with us on social media, share your thoughts on today's episode, and tell us what we should take on next time on Mav Sports Take. Want more from our hosts, David and Ryan? Visit maverick.sportsconsulting.com and learn how we can help you take the next step in your sports career. Until next time, this is Mav Sports Take. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.